Yo, what is going on, everybody? It is your boy, Noah Heron. I just said your boy, and I'm so excited that I did. Um, <laughs> today is going to be an incredible episode of the All Our Ways podcast. I'm really, really pumped. Before we get into the conversation, though, I want to let you know about some free groundbreaking next generation research that is available to you. Our friends over at One Hope uh, recently completed a massive research study that analyzes the beliefs and struggles of over 8,000 teenagers. There's this entire report that's dedicated to just what that research study found uh, about teenagers in the U.S. And it gives really practical resources that are going to help you lead in ministry. You know, we have a lot of ministry leaders that listen to this podcast. This will help. One finding that this research study found is that 46% of Christian teenagers actually say that they have never read the Bible. Pretty staggering stuff. There's a whole lot more in this study that I think could really help you kind of give you some context to what the next generation is going through. And so uh, you can learn more about the next gen and how you can better serve them by visiting onehope.net slash all our ways. I want to give a huge shout out to One Hope. This podcast could not happen without them. And uh, they're really, really doing some incredible things for the next generation across the board. This is just one of many things that they are doing and have done to resource you as ministry leaders. Um, super excited. Hey, I wrote a book. It's called Viral Jesus. It is out on Amazon. I want to encourage you if you haven't checked it out, not trying to make money off of you. I just really believe that this book could be helpful to you. Search on Amazon, Viral Jesus uh, by Noah Heron. In short, you can be famous on earth but unknown in heaven, but Jesus wants you to be famous in heaven so you can be effective on earth. That's right, effective on earth. Go check it out, Viral Jesus on Amazon. Com. Today, incredible guest, incredible guest, one of the best next generation leaders on the planet. Uh, his name is Charlie Hughes. Charlie serves at Church by the Glades down in South Florida, where he leads an incredible young adult ministry called Rally Nights. And uh, I've been able to watch Charlie firsthand. I met him at a conference a couple years ago where he might have been the youngest person at the conference uh, in attendance. I was preaching and sharing and Charlie was there as like an 18 year old not because he was forced to be there by his parents but because he genuinely wanted to learn he genuinely has a desire and craving for more of Jesus that's what I admire most about him there's a lot of things to admire about him as you'll uh, see in this conversation but uh, Charlie's young He's leading at a high level. We talked about some really interesting things. And I think that for young leaders out there, that this could be really inspirational to you. And for older leaders out there, I think that this could be really helpful in understanding what younger leaders are challenged with and going through uh, on a whole bunch of different levels. So without further ado, my good friend, Charlie Hughes. Yo, Charlie Hughes, what is going on? Welcome to the All Our Ways podcast, bro. Bro, so glad to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to be here, bro. Seriously, this is the highlight of my 2020. Like, oh, stop it. Crazy, and this is by far the best thing that's ever happened to me. So, seriously. <laughs> 
Dude, this is like one of the only times of the year where I would not make a joke about how I'm jealous of you living in Florida because <laughs> while you're still like in the middle of hurricane season and like all the heat waves, like today it is 62 degrees in Georgia. I am Seriously. living my best life. You look tan though. You look great. Dude, that's, that's just, that's just a lie, man. That's a camera lying to you, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm probably the whitest person in South Florida. Bro. <laughs> so um, at this point in the podcast, I've already introduced you. I've, I've talked a little bit about uh, what you do and who you are, where you're from, all that stuff. Um, I think it's so cool what you have been building down in Florida with Rally. Um, one of the fastest growing young adult ministries in the country. Such a special place. And I think I want to just start with that because I think that there is, um, there's not many young adult ministries, period, right? Like that exist, but then there are definitely not that many young adult ministries that have hundreds of young adults coming uh, on a regular basis. And so um, what would you say to someone listening who maybe is a pastor of a church or maybe just someone in an older generation who wants to know what young adults are looking for in a church or in a ministry? Like, what do you think this next generation is really looking for? Well, I think, I think that's a great question. And I'm not quite sure I have the, the best answer, but what I will say, our goal um, as leaders at Rally, I communicate this to what we call our dream team, which is basically our team of servant leaders, our volunteers, and as well as um, those who make up our core team, which would be myself and the few other leaders that we have that, that lead out in higher capacities. We know that our goal for every young adult who walks into our room once a month, our goal for them is to leave feeling connected, encouraged, and challenged. Mm. Starting with feeling connected. If someone comes in and they make a connection with someone else, they develop a friendship and they develop some community. We know really that's what everybody's looking for. Everybody can use a good friend. You know what I mean? And especially where I live, South Florida, um, it is not natural, it is not normal for really anybody to be going to church. Church sometimes can be the last thing on somebody's mind, especially a young adult or college-age student. So that means that they're probably in places already where they might not have the best people around them, whether it's at college, whether it's at the club, whether they're going to the beach and meeting people. Um, they, they could find good people there, but more often than not, probably the influences they're around are probably not the best. So yeah. our goal is that they can get around people at rally, whether it's our volunteers, whether it's other people at our church, whether I, I can meet somebody and hopefully we can just be the light of Christ them on a monthly basis. And hopefully, you know, we're hanging out outside of outside of rally on a um, outside of that monthly meetup. So we want people to get connected. Then we also want people to leave feeling encouraged, bro. Cause you know, everybody, everybody has something they're struggling with, yeah. whether it's spoken or unspoken, everybody has insecurity. Everybody has doubts. I think everybody has anxiety. So we think that people should feel encouraged. I think every single person, no matter how secure you are, you could always go for a little bit of some encouragement. I know I can. For sure. And also, I think people want to be challenged, um, even if they don't even realize it. Because I think nobody really wants to stay where they're at. It doesn't matter how much success, mm. no matter how well somebody's doing in school, doesn't matter how much money their job pays them. I think everybody wants to grow a little bit. And I think the best way somebody can grow is that they experience some resistance if they get some pushback on something they believe on. So more often than not, um, at rally, people are going to be challenged, hopefully through the message, but maybe yeah. through a conversation that they have with somebody that they're connecting with. 
And we're hoping that through maybe challenging somebody's worldview, through challenging what somebody believes, that they'll go either examine what it is they already believe or they'll examine the challenge somebody's given them and hopefully they'll grow in some capacity. Yeah. I think everybody wants to be encouraged. Everybody wants to get connected. And everybody wants to be challenged, even if they're not super aware of it, even if they don't come in realizing that's what they want. So really we're trying to bring people that fulfillment through those three things that we don't think they can get outside of rally. If that makes I, sense. I love it, man. I think like, for a lot of people listening, I, I, we have a lot of young adults um, who listen, but then we have some, some older leaders too. And I think maybe the first two things you said, it, people are like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I love to be encouraged. I love to feel connected. The challenge part is something that I think our generation, right? We're pretty close in age. How old are you, Charlie? I'm 20. 20. Right 20. Now. Oh man, I'm old. Okay. I'm 25. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of close. We're kind of close. Bro. And, um, you know, our, our generation, we kind of have this rap, um, of, you know, wanting to do the easiest things and wanting to only, uh, be committed to small things, stuff like that. Um, but you just said challenge, like young adults want to be challenged. I could not agree with you more. I think, um, that's something that, even people who don't realize they want to be challenged, they really want to be challenged. And something that we've seen as a part of our young adult ministries is the people that we challenge the most often turn into our greatest leaders. They turn into um, our greatest team members. And it's, it all is on the other side of doing something that a lot of people would guess we wouldn't want as young people. And that's to be challenged. What are some ways that you think you were challenged um, as a young person, I know that there are a lot of people in your life who probably challenge you, your dad being yeah. the lead pastor of your church, maybe one of them, but what were some ways that you were challenged young that you look back on and you're like, man, that really, that really made me into the man that I am today. Maybe. Gosh, some ways that I were, that I was challenged. Um, so this is kind of more having to do with what I do now and maybe not as much as, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe not as much as something that's personal to me, but so, so obviously I'm leading a young adult ministry. I'm preaching at it. Um, my first ever sermon, I was 16 years old. I was preaching at a great church in Sarasota, Florida. And my, my dad's a pastor. My dad's name is David Hughes. He pastors the church that Rally is a part of Church by the Glaze. My dad's a phenomenal preacher. And his friend gave me this opportunity. And I preached for the first time and I went in feeling super confident I was listening to Stephen Furtick messages the whole week before. <laughs> Shout out to Pastor Stephen. He's the greatest. And basically, you know, um, I was like, you know, what? I'm ready for this. I was preaching one of my dad's old sermons. He gave me his notes. But I went up on the stage and really, I thought I was prepared, but I was not as prepared as, as I needed to be. And, you know, I, I got in the moment and I lost my place in my notes. And I ended the sermon at like 10 minutes because I didn't know where I was in my notes. <laughs> and, and I was so embarrassed. I was so annoyed. And through that experience, I, I really became so challenged. Just really in myself, I was like, this will never happen again. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to experience that feeling of being unprepared, of not being as ready as I should be. And through that, I think I really started to develop this work ethic to where now sometimes it might even be a little too overboard, where I really mm -hmm. try to challenge myself as, as much as I can when it comes to, there's just one area of my life, when it comes to um, preparing to, to preach to, some, to somebody. I'm, I'm spending extra time studying. I'm spending extra time in the scripture I'm preaching out of. 
bro, I even, um, I'm not trying to make myself sound like the hero of my own story here because I, I learned from one of my own failures. But now, bro, I get so afraid of failing. And this can be a weakness of mine sometimes where I, I legit will run through my sermon probably six or seven times before I even preach it. Yeah. Just trying to get down every little syllable, my cadence, whatever it is I'm trying to do just to preach as effectively as possible. So really just that experience of really failing and bombing one time really, really bad, preaching for like 10 minutes while I was supposed to preach for like 30. Um, yeah. it, really, it really challenged me to do better the next time. And I, I think that, you know, whether whatever it is, whoever is listening to this does for a living, whether you know, maybe you're a student or you're trying to launch a business, I, I don't think your purpose is something you can procrastinate. Your purpose mm. is something you have to prepare for. And I'm a firm believer that God really blesses preparation. I love it. Come on, bro. I think whoever the leader was that asked you to preach at 16, right? Like they, man, I, I want to be like that leader because they knew at 16 that you weren't going to preach like Charlie Hughes at 20, right? Like they knew, like there, there is no way you're going to be able to bring it the way you can now. And yet they were willing to give you that opportunity, give you that, that pulpit um, to share. And that was a way of challenging you that now you can look back on and be like, man, like that, that was tough. That was like maybe the worst sermon I've ever preached. But if it wasn't for that challenge by that pastor, who knows, you know, how long you might've procrastinated on, on your calling and to see just the way that you're stepping into it now, man, it's huge. I want to focus on something else you said, because it got, got me thinking, because I think for you, you, you were really blessed and fortunate to have someone challenge you, but yeah. there might be a whole lot of people on here who don't get challenged in that way. Um, but you said that you can challenge yourself, right? There's self challenge yeah. and you can hold yourself to a, to a higher standard. Um, when it comes to challenging yourself with what you do, uh, and, and whoever's listening to this, you can just think of Charlie's answer and whatever it is that you do. You might not be a preacher. Um, like you said, you might be a student, you might be a business leader. You might just be working a nine to five right now. But when it comes to challenging yourself, Charlie, is that something that you try to do on a daily basis? Is it something that you're uh, like aware of consciously? Um, are there things in your life that you're like keeping track of to gauge how well you're doing? What does that look like practically challenging yourself? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. It is something that I try to do daily and that I do not always do daily. It's mm -hmm. definitely something I have to do a better job of. It's something that I really get frustrated with myself over, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, well, maybe we'll, we'll do it tomorrow. Um, <laughs> really for me, we're wanting to challenge myself, we're wanting to challenge myself comes out of is wanting to make progress. It's wanting to grow. It's wanting to get to that next level of whatever it is that I'm chasing after. And so really what I try to do is I try to establish daily disciplines or practices. I actually, I'm, I'm in college right now. I attend a university called Palm Beach Atlantic. Um, I'm there. I'm working to get my master's in divinity, hopefully eventually, who knows when. And I actually took a class last year that really had an impact on my life. I actually went into this class thinking it's going to be so much work. I'm just trying to get this A and get out of here. And we did, man, what was this project called? It was called like a, uh, it's like a spiritual growth assignment. It's a, it's a Bible okay. class. And I had to develop three practices of things that hopefully in the long run, maybe not immediately, but in the long run would, would pay dividends. And for me, these three practices were things that were so practical 
that I tried to do when I remembered to do them and I knew I should be doing them, but I was not always doing them. For me, like these three things were, one was reading my Bible every single day. I would probably read my Bible, you know, five days out of the week, but I wasn't in the word every single day. I want to make sure I was tithing on a consistent basis. I would tithe when I remembered to, but my church, we don't really pass around a plate consistently. So there were days when I, it would just leave my mind, not because I didn't want to do it, but just because I, I wasn't thinking to do it. And um, the other thing was just meeting with an accountability partner every single week, where I just knew that these small daily practices that now I'm doing every single day, since I did that project, I have not missed a day or a week of doing these practices or disciplines. I've really started to see God do some cool things in my life through this. I, I begin mm -hmm. to see, you know, my, myself become more generous. I'd be able to see myself um, start to hear God's voice more. I've been able to see God do really cool things in my life through challenging myself on a consistent basis. I think when people think of this, challenging yourself can be a very intimidating thought because it's something that people know is going to be uncomfortable. It's going to stretch you. You may not always like it at times, but you can challenge yourself in small ways. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't have to challenge yourself by going out there and doing something like, like work up to the big challenge. Start with these daily consistent practices. Consistent, man. Consistency yeah. is, is the key thing I'm, I'm hearing you say. I think a lot of times we're like, man, I want to challenge myself so I can do this. And like the this, like the blank that we're trying to fill in is like where we see ourselves like biggest dream possible, right? And what we, we maybe for, for people listening, they're on social media and they see, uh, you know, this amazing business leader, this amazing pastor, this amazing actor, whatever it is, they see this like end goal thing. And they're like, man, I want to challenge myself to be like that. And what they don't see is that person, the consistent challenge every day that they're giving themselves. Um, you know, you don't just wake up where you want to be. You look back on your life and on your individual days, the consistency of going to work to challenging yourself. I love it. Um, man, okay, so something I want to talk about because uh, I have a passion for young leaders. You're a stud of a young leader. And I think <laughs> the biggest challenge for young leaders, um, at least it was for me when we started the gathering, uh, most of the people listening at this point um, with the podcast are probably familiar with our story. Um, for me, my, my biggest trouble was leading people my age or older than me. Uh, and it wasn't like a thing that, um, I really like ever put into words, but I would kind of feel this subconscious thought of like, why would they listen to me? You know, I was a baby Christian. I was trying to lead this ministry with people who are older than me, people following Jesus longer than me, people who knew the Bible better than me. And yet I'm the one doing the leading of this ministry. Um, and, and you really start to battle thoughts of not feeling qualified, you know, thoughts of not feeling uh, like you're the right guy for the job. To someone who maybe is experiencing some of those same thoughts, would you have any advice for them on dealing with that? Yeah, um, I would say give people that you're leading a reason to love you. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, I, let me start by saying this. I talked to you about this yesterday. My, my father is my hero and my dad leads out of kindness. There's never a moment where he allows himself to lead out of anger or to lead out of being mad at somebody. He always allows his disposition to be a disposition of kindness. And just through being kind to people and just through loving people, people are going to start loving you back. You know what I mean? And you talked a little about insecurity of leading people older than you. A lot of the people I do lead are, are older than me. Mm -hmm. And 
I never want to be that overbearing leader. So a way that I try to get people to love me, not that I'm looking for the approval of people or whatever we know, find your approval through God, but Bible does say love people. So I try to give people a reason to love me through, give them opportunities to lead. I I never try to make rally a a Charlie Hughes thing. I try to make rally the young adults of church by the glaze thing, if that makes Mm. sense. I, I want I want Rally to be known for the Rally team, not for Charlie Hughes, who who is kind of the the main leader of Rally. So because we lead through a team, that the team knows that I'm I'm the one who's kind of leading and making some of the decisions at the end of the day. But through leading together, we develop a want, a love for one another, and I don't have to go searching for love somewhere else because yeah. I'm showing love to others. They're showing love back to me. Mm. If that makes sense. I love it, man. It makes, it makes so much sense. What I, what I hear you saying is like, Hey, if you're going to lead, um, lead by serving, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like if you serve your team, people are going to want to follow you. And when you make it about other people, people are going to want to follow you. It, you know, it, it all goes back to, uh, I don't know if you saw the last dance. Did you watch the last it's dance? It's great. I mean, Here's the thing about the last dance. Everybody on that 96 Bulls team, now, now we're talking about basketball. I feel the anointing right now. Um, everybody on that 96 Bulls team, they knew, they knew that Michael was, was the guy. But throughout that year, Michael was always, he always had his team's back. You know, he had Scottie Pippen's back. He had Dennis Rodman's back. He had these guys in pivotal moments and he wasn't afraid to let them shine. And when you get, um, a leader like that who is confident enough in themselves um, to let other people shine. I think it makes people want to, they want to go with you. They want to serve with you. They want to, they want to follow you. And um, I think that you're, you're doing an amazing job of that, Charlie. I kind of wanted to set you up with that question because it's something <laughs> that you're, you're really crushing. But um, so let's talk about a little bit more about uh, leading while you're young, because I don't think that this is something that is exclusive to young leaders at all. I think every leader, every follower of Jesus hits these moments where maybe you're kind of in a rut, right? Like you're kind of in a rut. Um, Maybe it's spiritually, like you're not really hearing from the Lord, or you've just had a couple down weeks, a couple rough weeks. Um, This podcast is called All Our Ways. And one of the things that we like to talk about are ways that we kind of get out of those spiritual ruts. Um, things that we do or we come back to when we feel like we've kind of drifted from Jesus. And so maybe to someone listening, saying, I'm in one of those ruts, you know, I haven't heard from God. I feel like I'm, I'm struggling. I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. What are some things that help you kind of get right again? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I've definitely been in spiritual ruts. I feel like this is about every single other every other week where I feel like I can be in a spiritual rut because I'm comparing this week to the week before or the week three weeks ago and yeah that's that's definitely a real thing and a real struggle that I have and really I mean just the most practical answer I can give and it may not be the most perfect answer try doing what worked last time you know what I mean Mm. if you were if you were listening to some worship song and it just hit different two weeks ago maybe go find that song and go listen to it try to ignite that same fire or if there's a sermon that really touched your heart some way three months ago, go look at that sermon and try to see if the same thing can happen. Go, go back to that scripture that really encouraged you three years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just, just going back to that thing, um, because I think we expect God to work in, in different ways in different situations when maybe it's the same answer 
um, for a different situation. I mean, scripture says that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, I don't think God changes. And yes, God sometimes will give you different answers for, for different situations, obviously. But I think, I think God really, um, really wants to speak to you in similar ways. And so that's what I try to do. I try to get around people who I know will, will encourage me, that will, that will remind me, um, you know, how great God is and that God's given me a purpose and that I'm made in his image. And so really just do your best to surround yourself with, with things of God, things that worked in your past. Because when, when you're not around things of God, it's just going to be easy to, to, to remind yourself of, it's good. I don't know how to say this. It's, okay, I'll do one of those three-second pauses here. It'll be easy for you to get so caught up in whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever discouragement you have, that, that you'll forget who God's called you to be. Yeah. And if you go back to whatever that thing was, that scripture, that sermon, that song, it will help you remember who God's created you to be and it'll give you encouragement to get through whatever spiritual rut you're dealing with. Come on, man. I think we, we overcomplicate it sometimes, right? Like, um, I don't know. There's, there's been so many coffee conversations I've had with people who are like, man, I just, I haven't heard from God and, and I'm struggling and, and, you know, I feel so spiritually dry and all these things. And, you know, um, I think a big thing, Charlie, is our generation, uh, we scream that Jesus is a relationship, not a religion. But if we treated every relationship the way we treat our relationship with Jesus, we would have really crappy relationships, you know, sure. like since Maddie and I have been married, I have learned the power of effort in a relationship. Like, like we got married and it's been absolutely incredible, but I've found that the more effort I put into my marriage, the better the marriage is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's a lot of, a lot of people who take, uh, pastors like us who preach about the grace of God. And, and what we do is we misinterpret the message of the grace of God. It's like grace is the enemy of effort. And that is not true. That is not true. Grace is the enemy of earning, right? Like, like you can't earn salvation, but if you're in a relationship with Jesus, you better put forth some effort. And um, I really feel like with what you're saying, right? You're saying, go back to what worked before. Well, what, what always works when you're talking about following Jesus is putting forth effort in the word of God. It's putting yeah. forth effort in your relationships. Like you're talking about accountability with other people. It looks like getting rooted at a church, you know, getting committed at a church with people who are going to walk with you. It looks like spending time in prayer. And I think because we're so strong about the grace of God, sometimes through our talking about the grace of God, we diminish the effort that is actually required to go deeper in the grace of God. And um, sorry, I'm fired up about it because I I think like we have so many young people who are on the verge of stepping into this incredible calling. You know, they're looking at, they're looking at Charlie Hughes and they're going, man, I wish God could use me like that. And the only difference between Charlie Hughes and the person who wishes they could be used like Charlie Hughes is one person has been consistent in their effort with following Jesus. And the other person just hasn't started yet. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. And so I hope that this is an encouragement to someone listening who, who feels maybe far from God. Hey, you can start today. You know, you can start right now. Um, so anything, anything to add to that, Charles? No, bro. I, I completely agree with you. Consistency is key. And, um, while you're speaking, I was reminded talking about going back to those old things, even in scripture, bro, this took place. 
Mm. I mean, multiple times in the Old Testament, specifically with Jacob, God would have him set up pillars to go back to, to remind him how faithful he's been. Go yeah. back to that thing. Go back to that thing. It'll work did the first time. So good. Okay, Charlie, we're going to close with this. I'm going to give you rapid fire questions. <laughs> you can take as long as you want to answer them, but I've got like three or four rapid fire questions and we're going to wrap it up. Question number one, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, favorite Bible character, go. Jesus. <laughs> second, second favorite Bible character, go. <laughs> second favorite Bible character, gosh. Dude, I'm, I'm ashamed to say I haven't put much thought into this. I, I want to go with the Old Testament guy. You know who's pretty cool, bro? Shamgar. Shamgar. Dude. Is, oh, he took out, what was it, with, with, a, with like a, was it a, a staff? An ox and, uh, Yeah, and I was wondering if it was the, the ox, whatever. Um, he killed, I don't, I don't know how many Philistines it was. Was it Philistines? Yeah. yeah. Like 5,000 of them. And it doesn't say if it was in one afternoon or over time, but he took out 5,000 whatever Philistines with like a bone. Dude, Dude was, was pretty, bad. He was pretty bad, bro. <laughs> awesome. Okay, yeah, what about – uh, In my first kid, Shamgar. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you say that. There's a guy at our church who um, is obsessed with Shamgar, and he, uh, he's, he's been talking about the past few weeks about getting a tattoo of, uh, of Shamgar's ox code. Um, so, wow. <laughs> anyways, I was just talking about Shamgar earlier this week. So, uh, okay, so what about um, favorite book to recommend to a young person listening to this besides the Bible? Um, viral Jesus right? Oh. Oh, man, we got to have you back. We got to have you back. Bro. Read right now. Check it out on Amazon. This is too good. This is too good. Okay. Last question. Last question. Charlie Hughes, if you were going to start a band tomorrow, what oh, would on. the band name be? Gosh, what would the band name be? Dude, these are good questions. Dude, the we're here. The, um, goodness gracious. No, that's actually a good name for a band right there. Goodness gracious. That'd be that cool. Is a, that is an incredible <laughs> band name. I can see it on that, t-shirts already. That, that band will get booked to play nowhere except all the VBS camps around America. But <laughs> we'll be that circuit. Goodness gracious. Oh, man. Charlie, this was uh, such an honor, man. I'm so thankful for you. For real, bro. Seriously. Thank you so much for having me. Dude, thankful for, um, for what you're doing down in South Florida and, and beyond, man. You're an incredible leader, incredible friend. I'm thankful for you as a, as a friend. And um, hey, if you're listening, go follow Charlie. Uh, connect with him on Instagram. He's on uh, all, pretty much all the social medias at Charlie Hughes. And uh, I'll make sure that his information is in the description, in the notes of this show. Go show him some love. Um, you'll be encouraged by it. I know it. Charlie, we love you, bro. Thanks so much. Thank you.